This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. The Informer Daily is recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. At Joy 94.9, we'd like to pay our ongoing respects to Elders past, present and emerging. The Informer is funded in part by the Community Broadcasting Foundation, cbf.com.au. And of course, the members and donors of Joy 94.9. This is the Informer Daily for Thursday, the 16th of April, 2020. I'm your host, Arian Potts. Today, we've got your COVID-19 update. Rules for blood donation for men who have sex with men are changing. We speak to Dr. Tim Reed about the changes. Art galleries across the country are closed, but many are continuing to share their collections online. We talk to the National Gallery of Victoria about what they're up to while we're all locked down. And your weekend stay-at-home entertainment update with Frock Hudson. But first, this update. This is Dee Mason with the Joy News COVID-19 update for Thursday the 16th of April. Global cases of COVID-19 passed 2 million overnight, according to Johns Hopkins University. This is concerning as it represents a rapid increase in the rate of infection. Although it took 83 days for the first million cases to emerge, this second million comes after only two weeks. The global death toll stands at 128,000. With the curve flattening across all of Australia, there are some premiers suggesting that social distancing restrictions could begin to ease by May. This is the major talking point of today's National Cabinet meeting. But getting rid of any restrictions will need to be done carefully as other countries that have eased restrictions have seen a sharp rise in COVID-19 cases. It's unlikely there will be any sudden announcement on easing restrictions, but planning for the future is now underway. The World Health Organization has responded to American President Donald Trump's announcement that he is halting their funding, saying the WHO regrets the decision being made by the United States. WHO Director General Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus says America has been a generous friend of the organization for a long time and he hopes they will continue that relationship. Trump's move to withdraw funding has also drawn condemnation from House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, who says the decision will be challenged by Congress. The not-for-profit aged care sector is seeking a $1 billion funding boost from the federal government in order to cover the additional costs of COVID-19 protection. Head of Aged and Community Services Australia, Patricia Sparrow, says providers were struggling before the pandemic, but the extra measures needed to keep people safe could cause them to collapse. 380,000 people are employed by the sector and 1.3 million people access care through it. A national survey commissioned by the Foundation for Alcohol Research and Education shows that Australians are drinking more in order to cope with self-isolation during COVID-19. The survey has found one in five Australians are purchasing more alcohol than they usually would and a quarter of respondents say they've started drinking earlier in the day. A third of the people who took the survey say they're drinking every day, which the Foundation warns is an unhealthy and dangerous habit. Only 3% of Victorian students returned to school in person yesterday for the first day of Term 2. Education Minister James Molino says although the day wasn't perfect due to some technological issues, he is proud of the community response. 
The Real Estate Institute of Queensland is urging landlords to contact Queensland's Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk to protest her government's planned protections for renters proposed last week. Within the proposal is an evictions freeze, rental waiver and ban on non-essential inspections and maintenance. Chief Executive of the REIQ, Antonia Merchorella, says these planned laws are too heavily weighted towards tenant protection at the expense of landlords. This is the Informer Daily on Joy 94.9 and across the country on the Community Radio Network. The Therapeutic Goods Administration has changed the recommendations for blood donation for men who have sex with men. Instead of needing to refrain from having sex for a year, that limit has now been reduced to three months. I spoke with Dr. Tim Reed, who's also the Victorian member for Brunswick, about the changes. So there have been some really big changes on long-standing prohibitions for men who have sex with men donating blood. What's changed? So... And right now, a gay man donating blood would have to wait 12 months from last sexual activity. And that's effectively a ban, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, there's been this really long-running review involving experts and community members, uh, which has recommended reducing that 12-month deferral to three months. That's gone to the Therapeutic Goods Administration, which is a, a federal body, and uh, they approve all things to do with new treatments, drugs, uh, implants, all those kinds of things. And and so they've now just announced yesterday, I think, that they've approved the uh, deferral being dropped from 12 months to three months. Mm-hmm. Now, three months since last sexual contact would still be a long time for a great many, if not most, uh, potential blood donors so it's kind of still a ban and not really uh, huge progress but I actually see it as progress it means that they've looked at this they're still looking at it and uh, I would encourage them to go further also I should point out that this needs to be approved by both federal and state governments before it can take effect mm. so the 12 month Uh, deferral still applies today, but I I anticipate that uh, federal and state governments won't be a barrier to this. I'd certainly urge them to get on with it and approve this. Mm. What's been the catalyst for this change? Uh, I think some activism by gay men and uh, and the growing recognition that we're there's a kind of national project since the marriage equality campaign to remove barriers to discrimination uh, against uh, gay men and women. And I think this has sort of just added momentum to it. Sadly, it's still not, it doesn't really count, I think, as major progress. I do see it, though, as uh, a recognition that the wheels are still turning, at least. Mm. And do you know if there's a, 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 serious need for more blood donors at the moment well there was um and but apparently uh, i was talking to the blood bank yesterday people have uh, come in and donated and they've they've had a, a pretty good response to their appeal in fact with elective surgery being cancelled there's less demand for blood mm. uh, and i think even trauma is down at the moment so um so demand is reduced 
and and suppliers picked up but that that can all go uh bad in in a week or two and so yeah. you know we're certainly encouraging donors to donate um the the other thing just getting back to your earlier question i i should give a shout out to rodney croom who's mm-hmm. been a uh, I think Tasmanian-based activist who's who's been particularly pushing this point, and um, and I think um, it's partly in response to his work that this has happened. Mm-hmm. The the other thing that I want to emphasise is that the tests now done on blood donations for things like HIV, hepatitis B, uh, which are, are transmitted by blood transfusion, those tests are a lot better than they used to be. Yeah, and and so. Part of the reason for this improvement has been that the, the tests are better. But there, there's more that could be done. For example, 20 years ago, hepatitis B was more common in gay men. I don't think that's so much the case now. I think it's uh, probably not appreciably more common in gay men than in other community groups. Mm-hmm. I think that the way HIV is now being managed with most people on treatment and and uh, local, um, locally acquired infections may even be in decline, um, and and that combined with much more sensitive testing means that the difference in risk between uh, gay male donor and uh, heterosexuals or anyone else is is probably a lot less than it used to be. Mm-hmm. So the so I would encourage Lifeblood, the the new name for the blood bank, to um, to look at more detailed questioning of individual risk uh, to identify, say, monogamous, low-risk gay couples and perhaps allow them to donate, whereas uh, higher-risk heterosexuals who've had multiple recent unprotected sexual partners might have to wait for a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so I, I think that there's more that could be done by combining the what we know to be the performance of these excellent new tests with more detailed individual risk questioning. Why was the ban introduced in the first place? Sure. So uh, going back to the, um, I'm thinking, late 1980s, um, there were uh, quite a number of people infected by blood and blood products. Mm -hmm. And way back then, the blood bank was taken to court. Uh, The Red Cross Blood Service was taken to court. And I... Uh, while I can't remember the details, I think they lost or they were certainly subjected to considerable criticism for not acting fast enough mm-hmm. to um, uh, stop accepting donations from people at risk of having HIV. Um, and, you know, they, they could have done more back then. And I, I think um, this, is, this happened around the world, I might add, not just in Australia. Um, and then there have been one or two uh, highly publicised cases where, for example, uh, a blood donation that was HIV antibody negative actually infected, I think, a young girl in Victoria sometime in the, in, in the 1990s, which mm. led to the introduction of the more expensive viral load testing. So um, these sorts of highly publicised cases meant that um, that the blood banks have become uh, incredibly cautious and justifiably cautious um, to make sure that they're not doing more harm than good. Mm.
That's Dr. Tim Reed, member for Brunswick. This is the Informer Daily on Joy 94.9 and across Australia on the Community Radio Network. All art galleries are closed at the moment, and while you can't see the works in person, many are moving to online education and exhibitions. I spoke with Michelle Stockley from the National Gallery of Victoria about what they're doing. The National Gallery of Victoria, like every gallery across Australia, is closed at the moment, but you're doing some outreach programs with your current exhibition. Is that correct? That's correct, absolutely. We're working uh, with quite a number of the exhibitions that we have had on recently at the gallery to do uh, virtual tours that are accessible to the public. But we also, for our uh, school audience, we're running virtual excursions, which are live interactive programs that use the virtual tours but include uh, an educator who hosts the program and uh, navigates through the exhibition with the students and engages them in discussion. And so what sort of features do you have available for the general public? Well, the galleries uh, moved into a, a digital world uh, and using the hashtag at NGV every day. And there's a huge array of material online that um, people can delve into during their own time. Um, the virtual tours, I think, are something that are, are really interesting for people to navigate through. And they're a bit like a Google Street View. And so you can actually move through the um, exhibition spaces, engaging, looking at the works, zooming in on them and and that gives you a great context for uh, the works on display because you can see them alongside related works and explore some of the exhibition themes. But other than that, there's uh, reading material, uh, 
some of our uh, more in-depth articles on Art Journal, but also um, shorter Instagram posts uh, very regularly. Uh, there's also a really um, wonderful array of material on NGV channel if you'd prefer to watch something. Mm-hmm. So um, it's really just a matter of getting onto the website and finding the particular thing that you're interested in. One of the things that has been very popular recently is the uh, invitation to remake some of the NGV artworks using things that you have at home. And there's been some really wonderful creative contributions that the public have made and which have been shared on our um, Instagram account. What does the NGV's collection cover? Oh, the NGV's um, collection spans antiquity to the present day, actually, and represents a great diversity of cultures. So really across the board, there is something for everyone. And I think one of the things we also strongly believe is that the ex- the, the collection that we have isn't just for art lovers, uh, that you can delve into so many different ideas through uh, art and design. And so there's incredible scope for people, I think, who may not necessarily have thought they had an interest in art to explore different ideas through the articles, the images, the, the commentaries that we have. I mean, most recently, Recently, the gallery has also really focused a lot on design so there's some wonderful and engaging talks on the role of contemporary design uh, online as well there's that really interesting space up on i think the third floor where it's a lot of furniture and other designs showing the evolution absolutely I've always been, it's always really popular That's right. And so uh, to be able to explore some of the uh, works in the collection online, we have over 68,000 works that are actually online that people can explore. So you can undertake your own search and do that. I should also mention um, the incredible range of activities and uh, options that we have for our younger audiences Mm -hmm. as well. So we have a a kids and teens team and they've been working really hard to um, provide resources for our young younger audience and so there's a really great collection of activity sheets that um, younger people can engage with that are easily done with uh, family members and using materials at home and a number of our kids activity books that relate to previous exhibitions have actually been uh, made available online so uh, people are able to dip into a really wonderful book on uh, related to the Eshinendo exhibition that we had a few years ago Um, Victor and Rolf fashion artists and you know they're a great read and they cover a range of ages so uh, there's plenty for the whole family to be engaged with and you've got the Jean-Michel Basquiat uh, Keith Haring exhibition that is was about to close Um, are you doing anything special around that Yes, well, that that was actually uh, one. That's one of our virtual tours, and so um, people are actually able to still get into the exhibition virtually, which is uh, the really exciting thing. And embedded in the tour, you can actually hear the audio guide um, narrated by Paddy Astor that was um, made available. So not only are you seeing the works, but you can hear a commentary about the works. And um, I, I know that people around Australia have really enjoyed the opportunity to actually. Um, see the exhibition even if they didn't get a chance to see it in real life and so I think that's the really exciting thing about this um, virtual pivot that we've taken is that it's opened up the gallery to uh, an audience that has no boundaries really. Mm. Um, Other than that that's been one of our most popular virtual excursions for schools so uh, many senior students are studying the work of Haring and Basquiat and so our educators have been uh, quite busy taking school groups through the exhibition 
exhibition virtually and uh, and talking to them about the work and engaging them in activities related to that. And that's Michelle Stockley from the National Gallery of Victoria. Looking around the country, many major galleries are doing similar things from the National Gallery of Australia, Art Gallery of New South Wales, or the Art Gallery of South Australia, among many, many others. This is the Informer Daily on Joy 94.9 and across the country on the Community Radio Network. Hello there, it's the fabulously furry Frock Hudson here, and have I got just the thing to help lift your spirits while self-isolating with my weekly roundup of queer entertainment that you can stream and enjoy from your very own home. Please note all of these are Australian Eastern Standard Times, so if you're in another time zone, maths will be your friend. Now, this list keeps getting bigger and bigger each and every week, but there's only so much time that I have here on the airwaves, so you can check out the full listing via my Facebook page. Just search for Frock Hudson, and let's dive into my queer streaming highlights and new additions for the week. First off, there's a list of some things that you can stream and do each and every day. Kicking off at 10am with Betty Grumble and Grumble Boogie. Connect with your body and soul through movement via her Facebook page. The whole household can enjoy it. Then at 12pm, say hi to comedian Lisa Sky over at her Instagram as she gives us the nooner we've always wanted. With a different guest every day, have a break from your lunch and join Lisa Sky on Instagram for a nooner. And every day, join Piano Barge along live as they stream a bevy of entertainment from their stage in isolation directly into your home. Sing along on Friday nights as the piano keeps playing and the tunes don't stop. And then on Saturday night, enjoy entertainment with Andy Popjoy and Joss Russell for a Saturday night party playing all the tunes that you can request. I wonder if they know any Enya. Sunday evenings have never been more fun with Pitch Please at Piano Bar, streaming live, captastic drag shows from their talented performers right to your device. All this and more seven days a week via the Piano Bar Geelong Facebook page. Now let's dive into the weekend. Friday at 11am, join Australia's own filmer Box as she performs on the We Love Queens Instagram Live with a gaggle of other drag performers from around the world. Then at 1pm, join Diamond's Drag Queen Storytime, fun for the whole family, on Diamond's Drag Storytime Facebook page. From 7pm, join Varushka Darling with Let's Talk About Sex on Facebook. And why not say hi to Melbourne Rubber, who have been introducing a member of their kinky community to us each and every week while in isolation via their Instagram. Friday at 8pm, you can get to know the gorgeous Pepper from Eagle Leather. Who could forget Vodaval Cabaret Bar and Restaurant, who are hosting fabulous Fridays on Vodaval TV. All the details are up on their Facebook page. And then from 9pm, let's say hi to Lance de Boyle and Gabriella Labucci with Lance TV, streamed on Channel 31 in Victoria Digitally or on Facebook Live at Lance TV Ballarat. Then don't miss out on Lexi Gaga live from her living room at 9.30pm on her Instagram story. It's a camp way to cap off your Friday evening. 
News continue to host important conversations on their Facebook page and on Saturday at 2pm you can see Dr Bishop focusing on medical concerns of trans women during the pandemic. If you go to the Q News Facebook page and event, you can list a question or invite people along. It's an important conversation that needs to happen for our trans communities. Then in the evening, catch Stonewall Hotel Live every Saturday night for an evening of pure capness at stonewall.live. Of course, there's the fabulous Vixens from Vodavile Drag Cabaret Restaurant hosting Saturday nights with the Vixens over at Vodavile TV. All the details are on their Facebook page. And pride of our Footscray community bar keeps spreading pride, not just in the West, but all around with Pride Live over on their Facebook page and Twitch with Bathsheba and Max. The lovely Tia Maria returns to entertain us from her very own home with her second live performance this Saturday night over on her Instagram story. Just look up Tia underscore Maria 1963. Don't forget about Penny Tration on Saturday night, shifting it back Saturdays with classic numbers from the Midnight Shift. And of course, from 9pm, join Poof Doof for Poof Doof Live with tunes and entertainment keeping you dancing and boogieing till the wee hours of the morning. Then at 11pm, Simple, the Australian drag performer who's anything but, joins a cattle cave of drag entertainers from around the world in Drag Outbreak. You can catch that via Drag Drink Play on Instagram Live. Then it's time for a Sunday session, but of a different kind. For anyone looking for an LGBTIQA plus affirming church, Fitzroy North Community Church are holding Zoom meetings every Sunday with sing-alongs, prayers and social activities. The space is fully affirming and safe. The Facebook group is private, but they are happy to add you and welcome you into this inclusive, diverse community. Just look up the Fitzroy North Community Church website and they'll connect you to all the details. From 1pm on Sunday, why not join Polly Filler Live via Facebook with In Bed With My Doona, a camp drag brunch without even leaving the house. N dives into the decks and streams from 1pm with Colada Sundays all the way from Brisbane till 6pm-ish. So why not tune in on the Arvo, that's E-double-N, music on Facebook. The House of Mints brings you Sunday sessions to dance your afternoon away via Twitch with DJs from all around the globe spinning tunes for you to sashay too. Why not check it out via Mints TV on Facebook. The Lead Hotel are hosting Sunday Social Isolation via Zoom, where you can have a chat and a catch-up with mates from the comfort of your own home. Details are on their Facebook page. And launching this week on Sunday at 8pm, singer Greg Gould is hosting a weekly live stream featuring brand new music, celebrity interviews and more. This week his guests are Lynn McGregor from Home and Away, Anaya Day, Joanne and Katie Underwood. You know, from Bardo. I wonder if they'll all be singing together. Look, I know we've just had the long weekend, but I love seeing this list get bigger and bigger each and every week, helping you connect to your LGBTIQA plus communities as well as all our allies. If I've missed something, why not let me know via Facebook? Just look for Frock Hudson and let's keep the entertainment going because even though we're isolated, it doesn't mean you can't have a queer-tastic time connecting to your community. This has been What's On This Weekend with Frock Hudson. That's it for the Informer Daily today. We'll be back tomorrow. I'd like to thank Dina Curie, Emily Johnson, Dee Mason, Nicholas Kaminiusandri, Frock Hudson, and everyone at the Community Radio Network. I'm your host, Arian Potts. Mahalo.
The Informer is funded in part by the Community Broadcasting Foundation, cbf.com.au. And of course, the members and donors of Joy 94.9. You can help us by visiting joy.org.au and become a member or donate. Any amount helps us bring you community-powered radio. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.